Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. You're watching live on YouTube. You know what to do. Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And as you certainly know by now, I hope. I hope. They know. You know they know. They I hope you know by now. They know. In previous years, leading into the NBA draft, we've dedicated short episodes of the Island College Basketball Podcast to some of the top tier prospects available. This year, doing the same thing. Leading up to the 2022 NBA Draft, which is scheduled for June 23rd. We've already done Chet Holmgren, Paulo Beccaro, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, and Shaden Sharp. Now, we turn our attention to Kansas's Ochai Abaji. I've got him going. I'm higher than most on this. Seventh overall to the Portland Trailblazers in my latest mock draft, CBS Sports. Dead leg, is that too high, too low, or just about right? So we're starting every one of these damn things. Yes, it's just easy. Come on. It's just easy. Set up for me. It just it gets right, me. Right. How it, about it, you answer it? Is it too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right. Just I, right. You're I higher mean, than anyone on this guy. I think. I think I you're am. the highest. Right? I am. I am. I. I. I have not seen anybody else have him this high. I'm a believer. I'm asking you. Are you a believer? I'm a believer. It's too high. He's not going to go seventh. But not to say he shouldn't go seventh. I'm saying he won't go seventh. He's got a great case to go seventh because. Well, the evidence is there. Don't be an ageist. Don't wait to draft this guy because he played for four years. He's 22 years old. Whatever. Best player in the Big 12 last season. Although, erroneously, the Final Four most outstanding player. That should not have happened. That should not have happened. That, that trophy should belong to David McCormack. Yeah, that's correct. So when Ochai Abaji gets drafted wherever he does, at 7, at 10, at 16, wherever he goes... Uh, he's going to be slotted into a certain rookie salary scale. He needs to he needs to carve off a, a solid two fifty minimum and and send it, Venmo it to his buddy David McCormick. He did not deserve the Final Four Most Outstanding Player. Not a chance. But really, really good pro prospect, and he'll be he'll be the only senior drafted in the first round of the NBA draft, barring some sort of stunner. Really, I just did a profile on EJ Liddell, EJ Liddell, Ochai Abaji. And Jalen Williams of Santa Clara, J-A-L-E-N, not J-A-Y-L-I-N. That's Arkansas. Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. Those are really the only three upperclassmen, junior seniors, anticipated to go in the first round of this year's NBA draft. Abaji probably will get taken before any of them, deservingly so. I know my man Parrish has the stats lined up, so I'll I'll uh, I'll save that for him to tell you what he did there. But I I trust Ochai Abaji to have a long, fruitful, successful NBA career, even if that means he's a rotation player. I don't know if he ever gets to the point of being a viable long-term starter. I could certainly see it. He's got the defensive aptitude. He's got the athleticism. He's got the length. He's got um, certainly the intelligence for it. Ochai Abaji is as impressive of an interview from a college player that I've encountered in the past four or five years. He will pass that every single team that has met with him and will meet with Ochai Abaji. He will pass the interview with flying colors. It will 
unquestionably increase his stock all the more. Seven is ambitious, but I like where you're going here because, you know, I like to mix it up a little bit. Tell us a bit, but tell us a bit more, GP, as to why in your mock you're going as high as number seven for Mr. Abaji. So let me run you through some bullet points real quick. Six five wing, six ten wingspan, average 18.8 points, 5.1 rebounds in 35.1 minutes per game this past season. Big 12 player of the year, consensus first team All-American. And yes, the most outstanding player of the 2022 Final Four. Got an interesting background slash recruiting story. Born in Milwaukee, but raised in, in Kansas City and was like five foot seven as a high school freshman, but then grew nine inches to like, you know, six, four in that range by his junior year of high school. Um, regardless, in the summer before his senior year of high school, which is, you know, a big time, you know, recruiting evaluation period for all players, he was basically only being recruited by, by Mountain West schools. Only had an offer from one Power Five program in the summer before senior year of high school. Trivia time. Do you know what it was? No. Uh, give me a hint. Beaver Fever. Oregon State. Yes. And what's Tinkle interesting. Tinkle was on it. Wayne Tinkle was on it. He was on it. Um, is it I, I, I'm pulling uh, all of this from a, a terrific story from C.J. Moore of The Athletic that he actually filed after the Champions Classic um, last season, which was a terrific on deadline. Oh, well. <laughs> was amazing at the champions classic last season. Yes. And he, I mean, CJ had clearly done all the reporting on it and then he just yeah. put it in that, but it was a, a, a really uh, nice, uh, game game piece. So according to CJ, um, who had done all the reporting on it, he had one power five offer the summer before his senior year. And that was from Oregon state, but it was somewhat tied to like a relationship because Wayne Tick tinkles older brother, had played football and basketball with Ochai Abaji's grandfather. <laughs> and so they had, hey. yes. And so there was a connection there. And that's, that's how he had the, or that's among the reasons he had the Oregon state. Offer. I just, I don't think you offer scholarships to just anybody who played football with your older brother, but that was the, that was, a, that was, that's actually the code. Yeah. What, what if you did, what, what, <laughs> what if, what if you had to offer a scholarship to everybody, your older brother ever played football with, wouldn't that be a it wouldn't be wouldn't that be a twist in recruiting? So Oregon State had an offer, um, but that was it at the power five level. Um Ochai had played for Mocan on the EYBL circuit, which is a significant uh grassroots team. Like they won Peach Jam a few years ago. With my little homie from Memphis, Kennedy Chandler. Uh, also before that, Trey Young and Michael Porter Jr. But yeah. Yeah, but my little homie from Memphis, Kennedy Chandler. There we go. First Memphian to ever win a, a playing on Mocan, Missouri, for, Kansas. Memphian is involved in that. What's going on? Yep. Well, because Tennessee has a shares a border with, I believe, Missouri. God, I hope that's right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody look because I think the EYBL rules are if you get you got to play in your state or a bordering state. Yeah. Somebody look that up for me. Does Tennessee have a border with Missouri? God, I hope so. I, 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 I'm trying to picture it in my mind. Let me look this up. I got to look this up right now. I don't, I feel like it, it's right there. It does. Oh my gosh. It barely does. It does. This has got to be. <laughs> it's the Northwest corner of Tennessee does border the, 
what do you want to call what do you want to call that part of Missouri that just kind of dips down? I don't know what, what we would call that, but uh, I think we call that a boot heel. I, I don't know. That's is there that's, a such thing as a Missouri boot heel? It kind of looks like a boot. No, it looks like the spur. If, if Missouri's kind of in the shape of a weird boot, that's like the spur at the front of the boot. I think a Missouri boot heel is a real thing. In fact, it is. The Missouri boot heel is the southeasternmost part of the U.S. state of Missouri. Boom. God. I should, I should host a geography podcast, it sounds like. Trivia time. Okay. It's capital of Missouri. Oh. Uh, this oh. is a different one. I'm almost positive on this. I'm going to make sure. Is it, is it Springfield? No. I think it's Jefferson City. Yeah, it might be Jefferson City. It is. City. Boom. Jefferson City. Yep. One of those. Yep. Jefferson Should be. City. Again, we are the podcast for your world and United States Capitals. And where Kennedy Chandler played AU ball. And, oh, by the way, Ochai Abad, you should go top 10 in the draft. I saw somebody in the comments somewhere or on Twitter or something um, greatly offended that I thought the capital of New Jersey was Caracas. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> thought you, thought, you thought it was Secaucus. Yeah, they said, yeah, they said it. He didn't even say Secaucus, right? He said Caracas. You nerds out there getting mad. That is a sneaky, by the way. That is Missouri to Tennessee. Sneaky border. Sneaky sneaky, border right there. Sneaky border. But it it resulted in in an AAU championship. So uh, Ochai is coming off the bench for Mocan. His father, trivia time. I'm just kidding. His father, Alufu. Wrote letters. This is again, this is all from a story from CJ Moore. I don't want to act like I know all this stuff. I just do I need to leave. Do you want to just call CJ? Do I need to leave? Can we get Nada? Can you get CJ in here real quick? <laughs> um, so his father wrote letters to Texas, Wichita State, Missouri, saying, Hey, please take a look at my son. He's a basketball player. Nothing. Got nothing. But Norm Roberts um went to see him a few times during his senior year of high school and was intrigued. And then convinced Bill Self to go see him, to go see this prospect who at the time is ranked in the 300s of his high school class and came off the bench for his grassroots team. Now, Bill Self is going to watch this guy. This is not the way recruiting usually works. Bill saw him and was intrigued. They offered. He signed. And then the plan was to redshirt him as a freshman. But then... In practice, Ochai like showed signs like, hey, he might be able to help us. And then they had some injury stuff. So they pulled the red shirt in January. And of the players who finished that season with Kansas, because they had, again, some injury stuff, Ochai Abaji, as a freshman who was planning to red shirt, uh, he ended up being the third leading scorer, averaging eight and a half points per game. Averaged 10 points per game as a sophomore, 14.1 as a junior, and then had a real breakthrough season as a senior, which is why he's now um, – projected as a top 20 pick put me in charge and he's a top 10 pick um and i'm with you i don't know that he'll be a top 10 pick in fact there i'm skeptical of it based on what other mock drafts are showing people but how about this here's my prediction there will not be 10 better players from this draft than ochabaji okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. There's a case that you wind up being correct on this. He shot 41% from three last season, and one of the biggest reasons why I think the winning matters a lot. Uh, you know, if Kansas had lost in the Elite Eight and not won a national title, I'm not sure that's going to drastically impact Ochai Baji stock. But uh, I think the fact that he helped guide Kansas to a national championship in the ma- manner in which he did, obviously a huge boost in this direction, as it should be. We should really value we should value winning. He is he is the representative of a national championship winning team. He's got the talent. He's got the shooting ability. He's got the defensive aptitude, as I said before. These things should all contribute to him becoming a lottery pick there. Uh, but his growth and evolution in this past season have been magnificent. I remember talking to Self after the Champions Classic and Abaji, who played well in that game, let me bring up the stat line just real quick here because we were we were there. They beat they beat Michigan State 87-74. In that game, Abaji had 29 points overall, um, played really, really well in 36 minutes. And the thing that Self mentioned then is he said, I wanted to see Abaji become more assertive, more confident, more vocal on the floor. He had been getting there over the course of the past few years, but he was not there. And even that night, he said, I still got to see what he's going to look like, you know, come see me middle of December, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I see Kansas again at the start of December when they play uh, a random game against St. John's on a Friday night at the uh, UBS Center where the Islanders play hockey. Kansas wins that going away. Christian Brown winds up having the best night that night, but Abaji still goes for 23, had seven boards. I talked to myself again. He said, no, no, this guy, he's, he's where I want him to be. He, he, the, the, him actually playing both the role we are asking him to play and actually showing that he has the assertiveness that there's not an inhibitive factor to his game that is wearing away. And because of this, he's going to be, he's going to get, he's going to get drafted. At that point, Abaji is still considered, eh, you know, late first, second round kind of pick. Um, and then as we moved on into February and, and March, uh, it became more clear that he would be a first round pick. And even still, I remember us talking on a pod because someone had mentioned to me about Abaji and him being like, you know, potential like late first round sleeper kind of pick. And I was of the understanding that maybe his stock really hadn't reached the lottery level, but it's it's basically there now. Um, ceiling, I'll put ceiling at seven. Cheapy's got him at seven. Floor, he's a senior, so I, and I, I, I really hope that's not held against him. It shouldn't. It certainly should not. Um, I guess I'd put his floor at like twenty, probably. Uh, he could fall out of the lottery. He has no business falling out of the lottery, but I'm trying to give our listeners kind of a real gauge. So it's a, it's a bit of a wide gap overall. Normally, if we're talking on these podcast profile, you know, prospect episodes, if we're into the seventh person, the floor is not going to be usually out of the lottery. Abaji realistically is. I don't think he will or should, but we always have to allow for the potential that some guys will continue to have their stock rise in the next two and a half weeks. And Abaji will still be seen as he'll just, he'll be a safe, he will be a safe pick. 
And you're saying there won't be 10 players better than him when we look up X number of years down the road. I think there's a real chance for that because the shot is it's pure. It's smooth. It's reliable. It's good off the catch. Playmaking is just okay. Like, I think he will have a ceiling to him. And that's why I think he won't go in the top 10. I think that evaluators will look at, at him GP and say, is this the kind of guy where if we're going to spend a top 10 pick on him, we are going to see him as a true playmaker, create off the dribble, get his own shot off the dribble and be more than someone who is three and D I guess. Um, Some might not think that. And so that might be what prevents him from going high, but I just think his floor is just amazingly good and he should stick for a long, long time in the league. Total get it guy. And uh, if I was a fan of a team on draft night and my, my franchise drafted Ochai Baji, I would be quite happy because I know that I'm getting a player that's going to be great in the locker room. And I would believe that he is going to get minutes. Production depends on the team and situation. He's going to get real minutes right away next season. He will be a contributing factor uh, no matter where he goes to. There won't be 10 players from this draft better than him next season. And then when we revisit it five seasons from now, I don't think there'll be 10 players better than him from this draft then. You mentioned the assertiveness he went through the draft process after his junior year and actually listened to the feedback and did basically everything they asked him to do. Be more assertive, improve your three-point shot. Um, and the assertiveness stuff was evident right from the jump, like you pointed out. You mentioned he scored 29 against Michigan State. To me, the more important stat, he took 19, uh, uh, 17 shots. He was going and getting it. Second game of the season, he took 16. Third game of the season, he took 19. And in that stretch, he was also um, 10 of uh, 24 from three-point range. So in the first three games of the season, he was, you know, he took 17, 16, 19 shots, and he was consistently making, uh, you know, shots from the perimeter, doing everything NBA evaluators wanted to see. And, you know, Bill has described him um, off the court as pretty much perfect. So there's no known red flags whatsoever you're getting a high quality person based on everything I've ever heard and a guy who I think just you know does he have this a ceiling as high as Jabari Smith no of course not but you need guys like this in the NBA good teams have guys like this in the NBA six five athlete guard multiple positions well and reliably make three-pointers. Like shot 41% from three on 6.5 attempts per game this past season. That's high volume. Great percentage, high volume. Do I wish he was three inches taller? Yeah, I wish I was three inches taller or six inches taller. But at worst, I think he's a a switchable wing who can be a great catch-and-shoot perimeter guy. And and like I said, those dudes are super valuable in today's NBA. Great in the corners, um, quick release, and he made NBA threes while he was at Kansas. So the further back line, I don't think is going to be a real problem for him. And you mentioned this earlier. He is 22 years old. But that, just, to me, just means he's ready to, to play, ready to help, and more of a sure thing. And if you're Portland, you know, which is picking seventh, and you're trying to get help for Damian Lillard, how many guys are more helpful immediately yeah, um, than Abaji at, at that point in the draft? Also, to swing it back to my hometown. Desmond Bain was 22 when the Grizzlies took him in the NBA draft. At 23, he looks like a possible future all-star, maybe max player. Now, I'm not saying that, and that's why you take 22-year-olds. I'm just saying 
Desmond Bain came from the same league. He had an undeniable skill that was going to translate shooting, but he still went at the bottom of the first round because he was not a great athlete, short arms, 22 instead of 19. And the Grizzlies still decided this is a guy who will work perfectly for what we're trying to build. And, um, and he has worked perfectly for what they're trying to build. Again, that that's not to say if you pass on Ochabaji, you're going to feel just like the, the franchises that passed on Desmond Bain. I'm just saying there's nothing obviously wrong with taking a 22 year old. I'm not going to include last year's draft because we just came off of one season. So we'll give guys at least two seasons, but I'm going to go back to as far back as the 2016 draft. Here are the seniors. Abaji is a senior. Here are the seniors in college who have been drafted in just the first round. I'm just going first round uh, since 2016. In 2016, the first senior taken was six overall. Buddy healed. He's had a pretty solid pro career. You really dig into those numbers. He's been a good pro. I would say. Yeah. No, he's been good. Yeah, he's he's been he's been quality. Torian Prince Baylor goes 12. Denzel Valentine was 14. Karis Levert was 20 that year. And then Bryce Johnson. Overall, seniors, that's a pretty good class. If you really dig into what those guys have done as pros on the whole, they were worth being taken in the first round, particularly, again, relative to the guys that were taken around them uh, before, near, or just after. 2017, the seniors that were taken that year, we're going back five years now. How about this? There was one taken, two, sorry, two taken in the first round. They went 29 and 30. Derek White was 29th overall. You that's see working out. That's working out just fine for you. And then Josh Hart, who has been a, an impact player, particularly early in his career with the Lakers, he was clearly worth going in the first round and shouldn't have waited until 30. That was 2017. We get to 2018. The, the numbers obviously aren't big because, again, if you're a senior in college, you're tending not to last quite as uh, – there's not going to be as many taken overall. Grayson Allen was taken 21, you know, up and down, whatever. But that, that's a, that, at 21, getting a rotation player for a contender is a good pick. Yes. And then Chandler Hutchinson out of Boise State was taken at 22nd. Uh, hasn't quite been the same, but Grayson Allen actually has a workout. And then Javon Carter, went, he went technically second round, but I wanted to at least mention him because uh, he was obviously an impact player there when he got drafted to the Grizzlies. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies took him. And guess who was on the board? Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson was on. And how about that? That same draft, Jalen Brunson even goes even later. Another, I mean, Jalen Brunson, now that you mention him, he's, Albaji's not Brunson for me. Like when Brunson was that year, I was banging the table saying, there, this guy has zero business falling outside of like the top 25. He has proven, Abaji has a lot of those traits. Like Abaji has zero business and he probably won't, but he has zero business falling out of the top 20 this year. Let's go back to 2019. That's the Zion draft. The earliest senior that was taken was Cam Johnson out of North Carolina. That was 11. That's clearly worked out. Matisse Thibel went to 20 has has played up to his reputation if not exceeded it and then dylan windler shouts to a belmont fella he went 26 you know not all of them are gonna are gonna hit and then two years ago the seniors they've become it's not a dying breed by any means but it, it, this was kind of representative of what we'll get this year no senior taken until peyton pritchard it's working out all right 26 the Celtics Yudoka as a Kansas fella went 27 in that year's draft. And then Desmond Bain was the final pick, as you mentioned before in the first round. So uh, you hear all the names I just mentioned, feel free to rewind and go back and listen to that again. Plenty of those guys were not even, not just validated and in, in getting taken. They should have gone five, 10, sometimes 15 spots. Desmond Bain's case, 20 spots earlier than they actually went there. Don't, if you're a franchise looking to get someone that's reliable, 
don't let a Baji slip through your hands again. He's got zero business falling out of the lottery considering all that he's proven. And again, I, I think with his interviews, his shooting ability, his de his defensive capability, he's got really good length, good body. Um, he should get drafted relatively high. But if we look up on draft night on the 23rd and see a player here that's still lingering at 17 or 18, uh, I'm going to be a bit baffled because he's got no business waiting around that long. Right. Um, you know, we, we can bottom line it with this. Um, I've talked about this on other draft profiles. Sometimes I think the mistake um, certainly I've made in the past and others make often is that you focus so much on prob potential problem areas instead of just zeroing in on what you know this person can do. And with Abaji, a 6'5 wing who can guard multiple positions and reliably make catch-and-shoot threes and impact winning, and impact winning, which is something he did every year, all four seasons at Kansas. Like, those guys are worth something. And I know sometimes people will say, yeah, but do you really want to spend a top 10 pick on a guy who, you know, might never be the best player or even the second best player on a contender? Well, basically every contender is going to have a third best player, um, you know, who is really good. And you'll never regret spending a top 10 pick on a guy who is actually going to be a top three player, even if it's the third best player on a, on a championship contender. Could Abaji be that in theory? I could, I could envision it. And either way, switchable wings who can reliably make threes. I think you could argue have never been more valuable mm -hmm. than they are right now. You can't have enough of them. And he goes into this draft with very few questions um, and a lot of obvious things that I think are going to translate to the NBA very quickly. I'm a fan. I'm a believer. If I had a top 10 pick, I, you know, if I had the seventh pick and those first six players come off the board in the order that I've projected, I would, I'd spend the seventh pick if I'm Portland on a Baji. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell, and thank you guys for once again listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Five stars. Leave a nice review at Apple. There, there's more of us than there are of them. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please knock that out before you get out of here if you're watching on YouTube, and we will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.